Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform. And follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Welcome to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about our Michigan TCU game preview and rank the top 10 teams in the NFL. This is Jared podcasting alongside Lucas, Bart, and Wyatt. We miss Aiden this week, um, but let's dive into some fun sports stories that we didn't get a time to delve into with too much detail. Starting with Gardner Minshew valiantly played his way into a starting job for next year. <laughs> Future, uh, well, we'll get into that in the next segment, but the next uh, news. But anybody else have more quick thing about Gardner Minshew, how great he was? I mean, he didn't play great. <laughs> like, he played well enough to be I a would, starter would, in the league. I don't know. For what team? Man. He threw two interceptions. Atlanta. Are you kidding me? There's like 15 teams out there that I, need a I would bank you. on Desmond Ritter. I actually have no idea how well he's played, but I don't know. I mean, like, I think he's exactly where he's remained as like a fringe starter, mm-hmm. best backup in the league or around that <laughs> level. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's he's parallel to, to where he was before. Yeah, nothing changed. Nothing. Small sample size. Small sample size. <laughs> a guy with a little big, bigger sample size this season, though, Zach Wilson. I think a lot of people were proclaiming that the Zach Wilson era in New York is now over, um, even though the coach Sala said um, they still have big plans for him, which probably means a trade, but so we'll see. We'll see what that actually means. Yeah. yeah. Tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very tough. Very tough. Not really. we and another exciting news for the uh analytics guys out there those sabermetricians we got a score gami uh in the Bengals patriots game 22 to 18 which kind of feels like a surprising score gami it does i feel like almost most of them would be like in the like 40s and 30s and stuff well especially Mm -hmm. because the 51 14 game between the rams and the broncos was not a score gami that 22 18 is it feels really weird yeah. Well, it's just like a one point. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Uh, sorry. Uh, well, four, four, I was gonna say fourteen is at least like a normal score, but like, didn't the the way that they got there was like a, with a bunch of missed extra points slash two point conversions, right? Mm-hmm. So there's just like a whole lot of weirdness. For those that don't know, by the way, scoregami means it was this was the first time that the scores happened in an NFL game. Um, in case you don't know about that one, mm-hmm. but a favorite of the Lunchville guys, obviously favorite stat. Um. In other NFL news, the Raiders today decided to bench Derek Carr for the remainder of the year. Why you wrote he is he's left the team with their permission to avoid yeah, the distraction. He, he, what he, basically, he just stepped home. He he went home. Like he gotcha. He's obviously still on the roster, but he uh, is mm-hmm. not going to be a practice. I am imagining that this this is going to be the rest of the year. There's only two weeks, three weeks left of football. Two weeks left of football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it. It's not that big of a deal, but I do imagine that this is the end of the Derek Carr era in uh, Vegas and Oakland, but in, in Vegas as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I would imagine so too. Like, it seems like sort of like a point of no return type thing. Like, if he's like left the team physically, yeah, like, that's weird. Like that says something. Yeah, definitely. I did see somebody tweet in defense, and I and I'm just gonna defend him a little bit. Uh. The way that he's played this year, it is a necessary benching, and I don't really blame um, the Raiders, the new Raiders regime, to say that we might move on for our own guy if that if that ends up being the case, which that's what it feels like. But Derek Carr, since entering the league, has had the 32nd ranked defense 
He's never had a defense ranked <laughs> over 20 in his entire career. Uh, and of course, I, I think I made a, I made an Instagram post a long time ago. I made uh, a pretty decent rant about just like the series of misses that the Raiders have had over the course of his entire career, uh, yeah. especially the Gruden era. And Zay Jones, who they even traded away, is having a fantastic year in the Jaguars. <laughs> Um, he mm-hmm. has not played really well this year. He he leads the league in interceptions with the 14. Uh, but I don't think that he is an awful quarterback or all of a sudden or like he just wasn't good enough to win for this team, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I think in our future, there may be a more extended discussion. Um, not this week, but potentially on another outline. A little teaser. Um, also, by the way, Zay Jones, otherwise known as Jared's fantasy football team's Bane. That's basically why I lost was because of Zay Jones. He scored two points this week, week man. Yes, yeah, but he scored like difference. 40, 30 or The Bane is Mike Williams for you, dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was catch. so close. So close to winning both leagues where I had Mike Williams playing against me and for me in the same week. If he had mm-hmm. one last catch, I would have won both. But I beat, That's crazy. I beat Jared for, for the audience. I beat him by .38 yeah. or something like that. Less than half of a point. I know that for sure. It's 0.38, 0.26. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. For a date with me in the, in uh, the, in the fantasy football championship game. <laughs> very, yeah, very fun. That, that That's like a nice little bookend to our important also, news we missed. The two-week format is an awful did. format for playoffs. That'll never happen again. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I don't no, know. I, I, I like it. I like it. But. Um, you would have lost both weeks. Just <laughs> <laughs> really? I thought the second week I would have won. I don't know, maybe. Don't know. But combined. Gotcha. Um, it gives you like a better sample size, I think. Better. Anyway, uh, just a quick little NBA news we missed. We have to mention uh, fan our favorite of the pod, Luka Doncic, went went off for sixty twenty ten a sixty twenty ten triple devil double, mm-hmm. which has never happened. Not even Wilt has done it. Um, I did. I just watched the highlights like at lunch today, and it was crazy. I I didn't realize that. Not only did they have to go into overtime, which I feel like doesn't really speak well to how like he impacted the team in a way that they had to go to overtime with this with this stat line, but like missing the free throw, getting his own rebound and putting it in was was incredible. One of the funnest plays yeah. in basketball. Yeah. Intentional miss. Yeah. Also, I think the only person ever to be down nine with thirty five seconds left and to end up winning the game. So yeah. I, also a pretty uh, insane stat. Like it's like nobody in like thirteen thousand have ever done it. Mm. Yeah, I saw that stat. It's insane. Thing. Nice. All right. Well, let's get into the meat of our episode with a little bit of college football talk. We're gonna preview the Fiesta Bowl. Michigan and TCU are TCU are facing off in this game. Obviously, it's the college football playoff semifinal. Michigan is favored to win this matchup by the wise guys in Vegas right now. Bart, what does TCU need to do to win this game, in your opinion? Yeah, so li- like you said, Michigan is favored. Uh, people aren't giving TCU a lot of love, and I think there's probably a lot more that you could say here in addition to what I'm going to say. But I have three, three main things that came to mind, which were uh, how TCU fares against Michigan's run game, how Max Duggan plays, and the turnover battle, which is like a classic thing. Um, so firstly, the, the run game. Like Obviously, Michigan's run game is arguably the best in the league. It's their bread and butter offensively. Um, I think TCU needs to do something to slow it down. And I don't know what exactly that something is. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't help that TCU's run defense this year was like average at best. Mm-hmm. But they need to do something because like, I think if you can force J.J. McCarthy, who is a good quarterback, I'll admit he's a good quarterback, but if you can force him to be the one who's getting Michigan 
their you know third down conversions. If he's the one who's generating their big chunk plays, that's a win for TCU as opposed to letting the Michigan run game just like run all over you because then they're just going to get toasted. Uh, and like the fact that Blake Corm isn't playing in this game uh, lends itself to that as well. That that could be big. I'm not sure. Um, I also wanted to say that TCU runs a three three five defense, which might help because that's like. It's schematically weird because their linebackers and cornerbacks might be doing more to help out against the run game than like the D line, and that might help offset the fact that Michigan's offensive line is like one of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. The second thing is Max Duggan. I think he needs to just absolutely show out. Basically, he needs to play a perfect game. I think if you look at like mm-hmm. the, the way that C.J. Stroud played in the game where Michigan beat Ohio State, I would say Max Duggan and C.J. Stroud are like on a comparable level. At least they played similarly this year. Um, CJ Stroud threw two touchdowns, but he also had those two picks, right? And I think that was a big part of why Ohio State got blown out in that game. Max Duggan can't have any turnovers, I think. They might want to rely less on explosive plays, which I know is like a huge thing of TCU's offense, um, and just try to get the ball out quicker because then Max Duggan will be, you know, he'll be getting sacked less. Michigan's pass rush is very good, and he'll be less likely to be, you know, throwing risky passes deep down the field, that kind of thing. Um, basically he, I mean, he is the heart and soul of their offense. So I, I know he's going to, he's going to come and, and play, but he needs to basically play perfectly, I think. And then the last thing is the turnover battle. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. Michigan was tied for 94th in defensive takeaways this year. So if there's one thing that like you might be able to exploit, it's the fact that they probably won't be generating a lot of turnovers. So TCU needs to make sure that, uh, offensively, they're not like, you know, making stupid mistakes. And then defensively, if JJ McCarthy makes any bad passes, if the offense is, you know, fumbling stupidly in any type of situation they need to jump on that because i would expect michigan to be forcing a lot more punts than vice versa and so anything that the tcu's defense can do to generate more looks for max duggan for the offense more opportunities um like some people think that if tcu can make it a shootout that's really their only chance so Mm. keep trying to get the offense the ball and let them keep trying to score um yeah i think those are the three main things like i said i think there are definitely more tcu is not favored and i don't see why they should be but those were the three main things that I thought it seemed relevant. Yeah, it's kind of hard to like poke holes into what to do against Michigan a lot of times. Like they didn't really, and we'll get to you know what Michigan needs to do to win later. But I mean, their only two teams came even anywhere close to Mich- to beating them this year: Illinois and Maryland, and both kind of followed different strategies. Like Illinois just kind of shut them down, and it was a low-scoring game, and Maryland game was a shootout. So it's like there's not even really it seems like one plan to stop them either, which is what makes it really tough and Bart you alluded to their run game and how good it was earlier like they were third in the country they're fifth in the country but third if you take out the option teams too so it's like even if Blake Corm isn't playing the backup guy what's Donovan Edwards I think is his name I mean he ran all over Ohio State too um when they played them that was something I was going to mention is that there were only two games where Michigan lost the turnover battle and one of them was the Illinois game and that happens to be the the closest that they came to losing I don't think that's a, a coincidence also, Illinois' defense yeah. is, like, elite. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, best in the country, I learned in doing research for this episode in points per game, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but, yeah, Duggan, too. I mean, the, the only games where he sort of slipped up were the only games where they struggled as well. Like, he threw interceptions in games against Baylor and Kansas State, which was their close win and then their loss. And, I mean, like, it is just, like, football knowledge. Like, if you turn the ball over, you'll have a lower chance to win, but... I mean, like, it shows, especially in Duggan's play, because they are so reliant on him. Like, if you look at that Kansas State game, he was, like, just totally gassed by the end, because they had to rely on him so much at that point. Yeah, to kind of segue a little bit over to the other side, too, with Michigan, is, um, like you guys have all said, they're, like, one of the bluest of blue... They're, they're, they are the bluest of blue collars in this bracket, for sure. 
obviously being a great rushing team and on a great defense at the same time, third in total yards allowed per game. Um, with their real strength being run defense too. Luckily, that's not really mm. TCU strength. They definitely favor the passing game more than uh the running game. But in terms of like what TCU would have to do to win too, Bart, you alluded to this. The problem with playing a team like Michigan, who is great at running, is they can control time of possession. They're probably going to keep the ball mm-hmm. away from TCU for a lot. So like you said, Max Duggan either has to be perfect or they also have to try to play the possession battle a little bit and try to get their run game going. It's going to be hard against a defense like Michigan, but I definitely could see this getting away from them really quickly if Michigan just has the ball too much for too much of the game, basically. Yeah, you could see it yeah. starting like 17-0. Uh where Michigan just like doesn't punt at all in the first quarter, and then suddenly they're playing catch up all game. It's over, yeah. And then they're and they're going if they're chipping away with like six minute drives on the ground too. You know, it's you're just not going to get you might not get enough opportunities at that point if you're TCU. Yeah, I and in researching all this too, like I didn't watch that much Michigan this year, um, and I think I like I don't really think I realized how much of a juggernaut they were. They like dominated essentially every game. Like I don't know same. why they weren't mentioned in the same breath as, like, Georgia. And I think it's just, like, you know, there's the SEC bias narrative type thing. There's the Georgia won the national championship last year narrative. But Michigan, like, thoroughly dominated everybody who came up against them this year in a way, which I don't think I realized. Like, I could even see them having an argument for number one in the way that they played this year. But, you know, there's the inherent SEC biases that we all know in college football and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, they're... PC is going to have to play, like Bart alluded to, a near-perfect game to beat them, I think. I, I think Georgia probably gets bonus points because they're more like talented, I think, top to bottom. But I, Michigan is extremely well coached. I saw that. I think they're like top five in both fewest offensive and defensive penalties, for example. Mm. So I think Jim Harbaugh has like definitely got them in the right in the right frame of mind going into this game, especially after the way they lost last year. I think they're going to be they're going to be very focused in this one. Yeah, Harbaugh's Harbaugh's definitely like rehabilitated. Not that he really had to, he did have to, but it was probably unfair that he had to rehabilitate his image a little bit. When Joel Klatt was talking about this, really his bad season was the COVID year in 2020. And like, we probably should have just discounted that at that point. Cause it's it's like a weird, it's a fluky year, you know, stuff happens. Then the next two years after that, he's dominating. So it is very impressive. His coaching job. Shame the Vikings didn't get him, but they did. They're doing well anyway, but um, yeah. O'Connell's been a good hire. He's been great. No, yeah. And before we continue, a quick message from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season with same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, player prop options, and more. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Everyone can earn up to 150% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, points totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
All right. Uh, this is we're gonna go into our NFL power rankings here. I think this is a really fun week of power rankings, by the way, because although the top seven or eight teams have been like fairly consistent from most like media outlets I've seen, they're all over the place in terms of what order they're in. So I think it'll be really fun to see what we do here. Without further ado, we present the one power ranking to rule them all here. Lucas, mm-hmm. um, who do you think is the best team in the NFL right now? Yeah, so in doing my research for all this, I think that I, like you, Jared, in addition to obviously doing my own research, look at other power rankings and seeing you know where teams are being placed to just get you know a general consensus of those people who follow the NFL and what they're thinking. And it has been chaos. I've seen the Eagles at the top. I've seen the 49ers. I've seen the Bills, the Chiefs. There's a, there's a lot of talk around there. I think... But to me, it kind of boils down to two teams. It boils down to the 49ers and the Eagles. Oh. Um, and I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, I think they well. just slightly edge out the Eagles here. Um, wow. Just because they lost this last week. We're going to talk about it on our show later in the week. I don't think we should give too much thought to the Eagles' loss uh, this week, given the circumstances, given, again, how that game played out. That being said, the 49ers have been pretty dominant. They've won eight straight. You can't discount that. Brock Purdy has looked pretty good since he's come in. Again, with Kyle Shanahan, he just needs you to get the ball quickly to players. Purdy does that well. He's gone 4-0 as a starter. The 49ers are both top 10 in yards per game and points per game on offense, and they have the number one defense, whether you're measuring points per game or yards per game. Again, you have McCaffrey coming in, adding another element to the offense. So I think just ever so slightly, I'm going to give the edge to the 49ers just because the Eagles lost this last weekend again. While I don't think it's a super impactful loss, I think it just slightly takes the 49ers ahead. Yeah, I do want to actually just piggyback a little bit off the 49ers because I, I didn't put them number one, but I do love this team. Um, and when you talk about a team that nobody wants to face in the playoffs, I think it's the 49ers, the number one team I would think of. Um, like, you, like you said, they won eight in a row. But I think for me, if you're talking coach of the year, I think the conversation begins and ends with Kyle Shanahan and Nick Sirianni, honestly. They've built like a really well-oiled machine. No, I, that's that's me. We'll talk about it maybe later in the later in the year, but... I know Kevin O'Connell has done a really good job too, and I wouldn't mind if he got it. Dayball has too, Wyatt. Um, but this is, they just had a little bit more success in Philadelphia and San Francisco. But I feel like Kyle Shanahan, like he does get his credit, obviously, but at the same point, same time, somehow doesn't get his credit. I don't know. I feel like he's done a really good job, especially this year, but the last couple of years. Anyway, uh, Wyatt, who's the second best team in the league here? I don't have the Eagles uh, as the second best team here. I actually think between before outside of the team that I'm going to pick, there's only one other team that I think should get it, and it's the team that beat them. It's the Bengals. The team I'm going to put here at number two is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the mm. Bengals are the only team that have a chance to kind of be the second-best team in the league right now. But as of right now, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't really know if there's a valid argument over any other team better than them. Patrick Mahomes is a clear MVP frontrunner. They have the second most points per game. They have the most yards per game in the league. And recently, their defense has been playing really well. I know, I think it's almost like a LeBron thing where they're a victim of their own success. Like, they're so good so often that it's like, I don't know, maybe maybe they're not that good this year. Well, they are pretty good. And I know that Tyreek Hill's not there and they have a hodgepodge uh, of receivers. But Patrick Mahomes has done as good of a job as anybody distributing the ball uh, across the board to all of them. And I think that they've been fantastic so far. So, I mean, if teams like, like George Karloftis had a really big game recently, they're one of their first round picks. Uh, Trent McDuffie is finally getting back or underneath his own feet there at the corner position. I think that if these young players can start to come into their own, 
not only will they have a okay defense, they might have a good defense, which we've been waiting for for a long time. But we know that their offense is great. I think Kansas City deserves a nod. I don't know. They've been. You look at their last four games. There, I don't think they're anything to like be super impressed by. They beat the Broncos by six. They beat the cheat the Texans by six in overtime. They twenty four ten over the Seahawks is nothing impressive, and they lost to the Bengals. Like I have also just become a a Chiefs hater recently because I followed <laughs> Nick Wright on Twitter. Yeah, and he is insufferable. Yeah, I know that. Like in, in the way he talks, and so it's just like I've turned against them for that reason. Even yeah, though, yeah, I have no inherent reason to hate the Chiefs. Um, but I get yeah. it. Yeah, what I would say back to that is that this isn't college football where teams have to win by double digits. I don't know if that really happens that much mm-hmm. in the NFL. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I got the third pick here. I think for for our lunch bell guys, third best team in the NFL, I am going to go with the Bengals. I had them first, but I'm not like super confident in that actually. <laughs> Bart doesn't this like this. Ridiculous. This is a, this is a travesty. I should have picked the Eagles. No, it's not. One. No, it's if really they, not. I knew they it's would not. fall this far. For some okay, for some reason, a lot of people want to like discredit the Bengals for beating the Chiefs and the fact that Burroughs beat them three times in a row now, and like just forget that won't happen and always rank the Chiefs ahead of the Bengals, which I don't really understand. They've won seven in a row. They've beat the Chiefs more recently than the Bills did as well. I- I'll admit they get a little lucky against the Buccaneers. Because the Bucks offense kind of just imploded in that game, um, but I think the Bengals and Bills will be playing a huge Monday Night Football game um, coming up, and I like the Bengals in that game. Super excited to see how uh, pans out, but I'm gonna put the Bengals here at three. I think they probably should. I would have put them number one if I had the pick, but um, I'm fine with the 49ers up there too. Bart, what do you say? What do you say for four though? Well, let me just say. The Eagles and the Bills are the two best teams in the NFL, and the fact that neither of them has been picked blows my mind. I don't understand what's happening anymore. Uh, I'm gonna go, I mean, I have to go with the Eagles. I'm going to be honest. I don't really even have very many notes written for them because I thought for sure they would be taken by now. I don't <laughs> think this loss to the Cowboys has really changed anything for me as far as how to rate the Eagles. They had their backup quarterback playing, and he, they were on the 19-yard line. I mean, they were one late-game score away from winning anyway. Without Jalen Hurts. Like, why are we worried about this loss at all? How has this dropped the Eagles three spots? I mean, I think they were first in our last power rankings. They were, This yeah. is still <laughs> arguably the most well-rounded team in the NFL. They are still, like, the, one of the most potent offenses in the NFL. I mean, I know they don't have the first seed, like, totally clinched yet, but they more or less have it clinched. I mean, they're playing the, the measly Saints next week, so they should wrap it up there. But, I mean, come on. And the Bills at five at the, at the highest blows my mind as well. But, anyways. I'm done now. That's that's a that four. I'm taking the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll read off my big board. It was 49ers, Eagles, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs. I think I, I don't yeah, know why you, Jared, and why but... are why are you guys <laughs> such Eagles haters? No, like I'm yeah, genuinely I'm... curious. Like we'll, why? We'll get into why the two of you now in the second this, the episode later this week. But... Okay. okay. I'm next. I'm gonna pick the Bills because they should have been picked long ago at this point. The Bills are playing excellently. They demolished the Bears this past weekend. Um, their offense is, depending on how you measure it, second or third, fourth best in the NFL. They're second in yards per game, fourth in points per game. Their defense is top ten. They are incredibly well-rounded. I know I was a Bills hater earlier, and so they don't have that dog in them or whatever, but <laughs> it, to put them at fifth at this point, is I think, is ludicrous. So, okay, is well... Josh Allen threw through two picks in that game, and when it, you're not going to get that margin of error when you get into the playoffs. You will, you will against the Bears, but not in the playoffs. But we're not. This is, these aren't projections. They're rankings. We're they not. beat the Giants. 
Or not, sorry, the Vikings. We're talking about who we think are the 10 best teams in the league right now. I'm just saying. Why you can't just six? make it up. There's no like rankings fairy that just like you know makes things. <laughs> we are the rankings fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Wyatt, who's the sixth best team in the league here? Also, Josh Allen has not been playing that great. He had 172 yards and two picks last week against um, the Bears, who have been purging. They the- beat him by 22 points. You said they don't teams don't beat teams by was, more than single digits. That was his first NFL. bad game in like five weeks or something like that. No, it wasn't because yeah. two weeks ago he had 147 yards, and the week before that he had 223, which is pretty pedestrian for a superstar. He had the great game against Miami at 304 and four touchdowns. I'll give him that. Uh, and he's, I mean, we know he's a good player, but let's not act like he's he's Superman out there. At number six, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I, I've never actually picked the Cowboys in a power rankings. I think over the last couple of years, but. I had the Vikings and Chargers as possible contenders, depending on how this board started to flesh out. Um, the Cowboys are good. Give them a little bit of credit here. Um, I think that they've they've kind of swung back and forth between their offense being really good and their defense being really good. But as of right now, they have some impressive wins. I believe they've won 13 games so far. Um, so I just give them a lot of credit here uh, for being a team. I think that they're better than the Vikings and better than the Chargers, and that's why they get the nod ahead of both those teams. They won. I was have eleven yeah, wins. Like, I think. Yeah. Uh, I was. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. They're going to win thirteen. I though. think someone. Someone said. I think I heard someone they're say they're going to win thirteen, and yeah. I flashed <laughs> onto that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly right. Um, I have the seventh pick. I think the seventh best team. This is where I had them on my big board too. Is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they're not as good as the record shows. I still don't think their ability to win close games like can be commended at the same time as like kind of being a discount on them like. 11 and 0 in one score games just like just seems unsustainable especially again when you get into the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be possible to sustain like trying to beat trying to win four games essentially. The other reason is just like I said before, just the worst passing defense in the league, second worst defense in general in the league. I it just kind of feels like their luck will run out against the will run out in the playoffs. Like you you can't go down 33 points to the Colts and tell me like you're a consistent team that's good enough to make a playoff run, you know. So that's why I don't think I can really have them much higher than seven. Yeah, Bart, I rebuttal. Think, uh, no, no, no. I've <laughs> I've seen people categorize the top six as like the big six, i.e. the the actual contenders, and I agree that the Vikings are not in that group, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, what about who's uh, eighth then? Another part of not on the cusp. Yeah, I was hoping that the board didn't shake out this way because that was my top seven, and I really don't like my eighth pick here, but I'm gonna, I'm going with the Ravens because I don't yeah. know that there's a team that deserves it clearly more than more than it. the Ravens do. Um, I mean, let's face it. Like, the Ravens' offense without Lamar has been awful. It's been terrible. I, like, I, looking, they, they scored 10, 16, 3, and 17. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's clear how important he is to them, and he's probably looking at his chops at contract negotiations now. But that's beside the point. And yet they're three and one in their last four games because their defense has been keeping them in. So like to me, I'm taking them at eight because it's like a hypothetical when he does come back, presumably for the playoffs, you have to assume that the offense will will like, you know, look alive again and they'll start putting up a lot more points and the defense will sustain that kind of play. Um, they clinched their playoff berth. They are technically only one game behind the Bengals now. I don't really see them catching them, but like theoretically mm-hmm. they could. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that they have played decently with Tyler Huntley playing instead of Lamar Jackson is uh, is actually pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lucas, what All about right. number nine? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars here. 
Mm. Um, I think if we're talking about the way teams are trending, which is what we often do in power rankings, the Jaguars deserve to be in this conversation. They've sort of taken the stranglehold of their division. We can say what we want about the Jets, but they shut them down this past weekend, 19-3. Pretty dominant performance. They beat the Cowboys two weekends ago, everybody's favorite team on this podcast. Um, <laughs> so I think we got to give them some credit for that. Uh, beat the Titans, basically, again, to take that sort of stranglehold of the division a, a few weeks before that. They're playing really well now, and Trevor Lawrence is uh, showing what he's got. It might be proving some of us wrong from early in the podcast. So if we're talking Definitely. purely on how they're trending... Um, I'll take the Jags at nine. Yeah, pick. Uh, I why thought about I taking them because they they beat the Ravens a few weeks ago. Sorry, mm, Jared. Yeah. So you can argue that they're actually even better. Mm, yeah, you could. Wyatt, number ten. I hate that the board has shaken out this way because I really wanted to pick the Giants at ten, <laughs> uh, but the Chargers are still available, and I think that we need to maintain a level of credibility. <laughs> I don't like the head coach. I don't like, like, I mean, I'll tell you what. Todd Bowles for the, for the Buccaneers has not done a good job really being the head coach of that team. But at the very least, his side of the ball, the defense, is playing really well. Brandon Staley, who I don't think has done a good job for this team, um, you know, he was a defensive coordinator. The defense is not doing very well, which kind of makes me just kind of out on him entirely. Also, it is so frustrating to watch the elementary route concepts that the Chargers continue to use. I don't know if they know that they can run things other than a hitch or, you know, like a snag <laughs> route. Like, I don't know. Mike, Mike Williams is one of the, pro- maybe one of the, if not the best deep ball wide receiver along with like D hop and T Higgins, you know, type guys where he'll just go up and get it. He's I've, I don't know how many slow-mo spectacular catches he has. Um, as probably his entire highlight reel is. And they just run him on a hitch, and it's kind of boring. So I'm not super excited about this pick. I would have loved to have picked the Giants, uh, but I'm going to go with the Chargers just to finish this. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to pick. That was the top 10, I would say, of most. Pretty much every power ranking I saw was that top 10, just in like some other random order. And that's going to do it for this episode. If you guys enjoyed anything you listened to, uh, or if you have a different opinion, if, even if you didn't enjoy it, go ahead and leave uh, a comment at some point in one of our platforms at Lunchpill Guys on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to this podcast, download it on your favorite podcast platform, or it might automatically do so. We really appreciate it, and we will see you guys next week or later in this week. Bye.